When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Grecian's Gossip where I'm joined by Devon Live Sports Editor Stuart James. Good morning. Hi Jack. And the Exeter City Manager Matt Taylor. Hello. Good morning. And thanks for the time. I'm sure you're quite busy at this time of year. Yeah. So we'll get crack straight on to it. How have you found the first few weeks of being the Exeter City boss? Yeah, obviously a busy few weeks. Um, a lot of changes at the club staff-wise. Um, obviously you saw the release list and the loan lads gone back in terms of playing side of thing. Sold a player, um, lost my captain as well. So busy three week, few weeks. Frustrating at times because we've got to go through certain processes in terms of interviewing staff members. Not our rules, but rules from the Football League. So um, things take a little bit longer than what you'd like in terms of end of the season, finished end of May. Yeah. So we've only really got a month window. Um, but glad to get all the backroom staff in place and then the players will start coming through the door in the next couple of weeks. I mean, it's a busy time of year anyway, isn't it? It's let alone having to do all the normal stuff with all the extra stuff that I'm sure you've had to do. Like yeah, definitely. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> as you can imagine, busy time, but a lot of players on holiday, a lot of staff yeah. take holidays in June as well. So, like I say, a few frustrations in terms of not getting a few things done earlier, but you know, I'm not rushing into anything. Have you managed to have a break yet? No, not yet. No. <laughs> straight into straight it. Into so. it. But there was, you know, like I say, someone off staff on holiday and someone needed to be here to sort of get a few things going. Yeah, and you mentioned your backroom staff there. How pleased are you to get them all in place and sort of settled ahead of pre-season? Yeah, absolutely delighted. Um, like I say, we had to interview certain posts. I already had people in mind for each each of the positions. Um, I got my main targets in terms of that. So I was delighted to a blend of youth and experience. Dan Green's a fantastic coach and knows the club inside out. Chris Wheel will come in and he's fresh eyes in terms of the goalkeeping department. He's a good character as well. And then Eric Kinder, a guy I've known for a long time in terms of a little bit of experience around our younger coaches and a, a younger manager per se. So I'm delighted to get that mix. Actually, what, what you can tell us about Eric. I mean, you know, to people down here, he's a bit of an unknown really. He's obviously well known and well respected in the northwest, but down here he's, as I say, he's a bit of an unknown quantity really. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's worked at, at the highest level, at Premier League level in terms of head of academies and head of 18's jobs and assistant managers' jobs and he's managed most recently in Ireland. So he's done everything I need in terms of the experience. He doesn't want to manage first team level in the Football League, so he's perfect number two. He'll come in and coach, he'll, he'll have a really keen eye in terms of our academy, which is very important in terms of our philosophy as a club. We've got to develop the young players He'll help out myself and Dan Green and Wayne Carlisle, head of coaching, and all the academy staff as well. And he's got he's got a good character and personality. He'll be a players person. You know, he's he's not a shout on the ball. He's very relaxed, very calm. He's been there, seen it, done it all before. So, and he's also in, in really good contact in terms of players from the north and managers from the north of England. You know, his array of contacts is absolutely huge. And he's a, we're a long way away from anywhere else down in Devon. So I'm trying to tap into other sources in terms of players and stuff. And it's a sign of his commitment as well that he's prepared to up sticks and move this far south because, you know, I saw an interview with him on the club website yesterday where he said he'd only really lived in Blackburn and Carlisle. So Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a northern lad, he is. Um, but he came down to the training ground had three or four days last week. And similar to the players and the rest of the staff, it's, once you see the training ground, everyone's impressed. The facilities are fantastic. The building is what it is, but that will get developed as well. The stadium's getting redeveloped all of a sudden we got two new stands at the stadium ready to go in August time a new pitch 
like I say, the training ground's second to none at list level, um, and the Astros made a huge difference to the grass pitches as well as our facilities. So you can't help to be impressed by the club, and you know, that that'll attract good players and good staff as well. So you know, it was important. He had a few days down here just to settle in, and then he'll go back home. He made his decision, and he'll be back down for next week. I mean, it's my first time at training ground. I just said how impressed I was with it this morning. There can't be many in League, League Two, especially that are anywhere near. Like, yeah, I, like I think it's, it's an interesting one. I don't think many fans they talk about the the money that the club earns through transfer fees, but they don't see that mm. what the rewards we're getting at places like this in terms of the buildings are what it is. It's an old building, still work to do, and the next bit of investment will go back into the buildings here, at the training ground. But the pitches are already, you know, a testament to the ground staff. And they're absolutely fantastic, and that's partly due to the, to the Astro, which probably came back on the back of the, um, the money from Grimes. So that's had a knock-on effect on all the grass pitches. Mm. So the level just goes up and up and up, and all of a sudden the facilities look fantastic. The next thing will be gyms, canteens, new change rooms. Like I say, the building needs doing next. And I suppose as the season gets on, weather gets bad, it, again it helps you having yeah, the grass pitches. Yeah, we've got a fantastic grass pitch in terms mm. of pitch one. Pitch two is now being developed, so the under-18s pitch and all, will also be a first-team training pitch will be as, to, to the same standard as pitch one as well. So that's two fantastic grass pitches. The Astros there for when it snows, yeah. when it <laughs> rains. You know, it looks fantastic at the moment. In the middle of winter, when it's flooded and it's you know the heavens open and the weather's not so good, then everything changed a little bit, and we're lucky to have that facility. Well, I was going to say you're obviously a player here before that was that was built. Yeah. How frustrating was it when you were playing? You were having to drive down to uh, Melbourne. In, Newton Abbott and go here, there and everywhere just to try and get some training. Yeah, I mean, it, it was frustrating, but the, the club was at a certain time in, in that period. You know, the finances and the budget wasn't there to, to invest in, in areas like the, the AstroTurf. Um, we, we, we had okay training facilities. We did pretty well on the back of it in terms of getting a promotion and another promotion and still developing players. So that's, that must have been testament to the staff who were at the time and the players. So now we've got the facilities to bring in slightly different personnel and attract different personnel to the club as well. So it's an exciting time. Yeah. And you talk about it attracting new signings. You obviously made your first one yesterday in Aaron Martin. What sort of qualities do you see in him that will bring him to City? Um, good age, good character, good size. Um, great experience in terms of the level he's played. He should be playing higher than, than what the level we're at at the moment, which is a, an indication of where we want to go. Um, and he's a good signing. He'll be a good player for us. And so what was the timescale of that? How did you, how did you arrange that? Um, well, initial conversations with, with himself and, and then through his agent um, and he came down, he stayed at, in, in the area with his, um, with his partner, got an idea for the, for the region and then I showed him the training ground and, and similar to what we just spoke about, he was impressed, mm. he was impressed with the person I'm looking to bring into the club um, and then got past his medical and got his signature yesterday. Is that a part of the job that you're enjoying, is the recruitment side of things? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, like I say, it's, it can be frustrating at times because you know, everyone's got a list of targets. Everyone targets the good players, and we're not in the same time as, as well, same position as other clubs in our, our level. You've seen Jordan Moore Taylor's gone to MK Dons and a, a package which we can't offer. So some teams blow us out of the water financially. So we've got to sell the club slightly differently. Um, and the training ground and facilities and the vision we've got in front of us is, is certainly one way of doing that. Some players from the north you know, won't make it all the way down and think they can stay here for a long period. So it's very much we've got to attract players from the Bristol and the London area. Mm. So it's within driving distance to, the, to where they're from originally. So sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes you, you get close to a player. Sometimes you don't. But at the moment, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where it's going. And getting to a playoff final can set you back a few weeks compared to a lot of clubs. And then with all the changes that have happened here, do you feel like you're set back a little bit? Is it a bit tougher because of the, the time frame? Or yeah, definitely, definitely. And obviously everything was unexpected at the end of the season. Mm. So I, I was lucky. I mean, I've always been prepared for. For the next step in terms of my career and that was partly recruitment 
and uh, myself and the staff had always worked hard in terms of recruitment, looking to get the right people in. So I knew as soon as I took the job that I wanted to bring in, like I say, no one gets the top targets because every other club wants the same sort of players mm. and good players attract the best clubs. So it's up to me to choose the right people and they've got to be a good fit for the club. You know, I'm not going to overspend in certain areas, I've just got to invest wisely. And what sort of the process of signing player? What else do you look at? Do you look at a character and do you get references from...? Yeah, I speak to as many people as possibly can. Um, players, staff, um, teammates, you know, physios, it's really important that they're, they're durable and they've got the right character. Work, right work ethic, the body can stand up to league mm-hmm. two football, the demands of it. Um, and also we watch footage, you know, a lot of these players we've watched time and time again and the moment we get closer and closer to a target then we watch a few more games from previous um, seasons and just get a bit more idea of, the, of the, the player first and foremost and then the character. Obviously you brought in a, a strength and conditioning coach, um, having made Aaron, the Aaron uh, Martin signing, is that the sort of you know that why you bought that strength and conditioning coach in because someone who has had a few injury problems can perhaps benefit from working with someone. Uh, well, it's not so much based on Aaron; it's based on the, the squad from the previous three or four seasons. I think anyone who's been involved with Exeter will understand that injuries have been a frustration for all involved. Um, we feel it's been a fantastic squad of players and probably good enough to get out of the league at times. You know, the season before Dave Wheeler, Ollie Watkins, Joel Grant, all fantastic players, but we didn't get that promotion on the back of a disjointed season where everyone was injured at the start of the season. And then even last season where we were a bit more stable throughout, we had injuries to the, the centre hours at important times and John Tilson broke his foot, which obviously the impact ones you can't do too much about. Yeah. It's uh, the muscle injuries and the ligament injuries which we're trying to prevent. I've said all along it won't happen overnight. It'll take 6, 12, 18 months, possibly two years to, to really get them into a programme, into a regime to help their careers and get them on, on the pitch more often than not. We've had a few questions sent in from um, some fans. John's the first one to send one in saying, how many signings can City fans expect this summer? I won't put a number on it because obviously it all depends. Mm-hmm. Say if I get my top targets, there'll be three or four permanent and a couple of loans. Um, but if I don't get the ones I'm looking for, we've got a fantastic group of players already in place, um, which I'll be looking to keep. Um, so it's a case of getting a couple more in the, in the next 10, 10 days to two weeks and then the loan market really will will start to move two or three weeks into pre-season. Every manager I've spoke to is saying the same thing in terms of they've got all their players coming back for pre-season, mm. they'll invite them away on their first pre-season trip, they'll have a look to see if they're close to the first team and three weeks into pre-season they'll start assessing the squad and tighten it down and then the, the younger players they've got will be available for loan. So the loan movement will happen two or three weeks into pre-season. So how, sorry, go on. <laughs> so you, of course there's a lot of good young players at the club as well that you can bring into the first team environment yeah definitely I know the young players better than anyone um, I've identified the ones who I think will, will step into the first team environment this season um, and then similar to the last couple of years we'll send the other ones who aren't quite close enough out on loan to get the valuable experience we've seen the benefits of that with, with Jordan Story and the way the loan system worked last season so very much the same in terms of that the, the young players won't sit around watching football they'll be working and playing football and training with a reason to play football at the end of the week and when they're close to the first team then I'll bring them straight back in I was going to say, in terms of your long-term planning with transfers, how do you decide how long you're going to wait for a loan, loan signing? Like you said, they might want to be involved in pre-season with their parent club. How long do you, just, do you decide whether you want to move for a permanent player rather than wait and see? Or It's, it's very much a balance. Um, like I say, I'm aiming for three or four permanent signings um, and then a couple of loans. The loans, like I say, will come, come later in the window. We've already identified the ones we want and spoken right. to the managers and, and put our name forward. Um, I'd love to bring the, the lads back from last year but they've gone back to West Brom and West Brom are going to keep them to start with and then see where they're at. Also, 
on their performances with us last season. Other clubs at our level and high levels want to take Kyle and Kane. Got no problem in terms of that, but obviously Kyle came on and scored at Wembley and probably played pretty well for 15, 20 minutes. So everything changes. What I would say is similar to what we spoke about, the facilities and the environment is a good environment for young players. We treat them as our own young players. We look to develop them as players first and foremost. And if we can get them game time and experience as well, then it's a real selling point for, for us to take to bigger clubs. Got a question from Steve. He's asking, what made you want to go into management? It was always something I thought about. You know, I coached right from the word go in terms of my playing career. Um, I went through the education route in terms of going into non-league football and then into professional football. I did my coaching badges as early as I possibly could. I, I did a Masters, which was a huge commitment whilst I was still playing. Um, and I was passionate about coaching at an early age. You know, I, I always felt I was, a, I was never the greatest player, but I could see the game in a certain way, maybe from the background of seeing the pitch in front of me as a goalkeeper and then a centre-half. Um, so I felt I could see, it, see, see the pitch and understand football. Um, but I'm, I'm learning, learning day in day out and this is very much a management job as opposed to a coaching job I've got my coaches in place who will do the majority of the coaching this is very much management so we spoke about signing players and the way you look after your players and the way you set your environment it's going to be first and foremost my job So you've known for a long time that you wanted to go into management that was always something that was in the Yeah, always, yeah always thought about it um, and always prepared for it and you never know when it's going to happen mm. but it's always something which I'd I thought it was going to happen at some stage in my career. Obviously, it happened sooner rather than later on the back of the, the Coventry game in the week that followed. So, you know, I was delighted. Um, Ian asks, are there any managers that you look up to that you haven't played under or any that you've learnt lots from having played under them? Um, several I've played under. Obviously, Paul, first and foremost. Mm. I've learnt an awful lot from Paul. Um, had a great couple of seasons under Chris Powell at, at Charlton. He was a real players, players manager. The lads loved his, his personality and his enthusiasm. Um, and I saw, you know, with various different managers, some really successful, some of them had fantastic careers, and then the ones I've not worked under, you know, being a United fan, the Ferguson years were, were fantastic. Um, but then you've got to have respect for, for every manager that's out there. It is a different job to what what people imagine. Even even me being prepared for it didn't prepare yourself fully for what management actually entails. So it's you know full respect for all managers out there, and obviously if you have success along with staying in the job, then you're doing pretty well. And and knowing you want to go into management, have you worked on the managers and been like watching them, thinking, yeah, I want to take that forward when I become a manager? Do you think like that when you're playing? Yeah, definitely. You, you take the best pitch from every manager, but I've got to be true to myself mm. in terms of the way I want to play football and I want my team to set up. Um, the good thing is I know the, the group of players. I've been working with them for the last 18 months, so I know their, their levels they can get to, their expectations, their personality, so I'm not coming in blind in terms of that. Like I say, by adding a little bit of quality in certain areas, then you know, we've got a good squad of players. And did that, did that help, knowing them for 18 months? I guess that's quite a... Yeah, I mean, it can help. It can be a hindrance. You know, the only time will tell in terms of that, but I'd like to think I've got the, the respect of all the players. Um, honest enough, lad, I've worked so hard in the last eight months for the sake of the players as well as my own career. Um, I'm trying to influence the environment as much as I possibly can for a successful environment. That's what we're all here for. We've missed out by the finest of margins the last two years um, and we're, we're looking to improve again. A uh, question from Richie. Has the job been harder than you thought it would be or as you expected? Oh, a bit of a mixture. Um, certainly there's been times where, like I said, the frustrations, how long things take and, and players who you think you can get down to the club but then location and, and finances, I mean, it doesn't happen. Um, and probably... Like we spoke about at the time restraints, um, the lads are back in next Monday and, and we're prepared. Um, everything's in place, but I'd like a few more bodies in the door before that. It'll probably be possibly a week into pre-season because everything takes another week than what you'd expect. Medicals, agents, mm -hmm. everything just takes a little bit longer. So, like I say, it's, it's been a, 
interesting balance between you know frustration and and, and real really delight at getting the right people in, in the door so it's like I say it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag at the moment but I'm enjoying it still I wish I had a pound for every time an Exeter City manager mentioned location yeah it's just such I mean, a you know people down here don't realise what a big big issue it is yeah. trying to attract players with young families and partners um, and their partners have got good jobs the kids are in schools and it's a, a huge commitment to move three or four hours away from the home you know the, the support network they've got around that their home makes a big, big difference as well on the back of their immediate family and so it's as much as we can say you know we'll help you out with days off and flights and transport you know it is a huge commitment and I know that better myself yeah. from the, the north down here anyway. Um, Brian said are you daunted at the prospect of following on from Paul Tisdale he has had his critics but is arguably the club's greatest ever manager? Yeah well I wouldn't say I'm daunted um, it's just a good opportunity for me it's a, it's, it's a good challenge Paul had, had his success for, certainly in the first um, four or five years in terms of his managerial in the two or three promotions and obviously selling players throughout his time and developing players throughout his time at the club. Um, I think it's six or seven years in League Two we've been um, and that's why I've got to be mindful of what sort of club we're at as a club in terms mm-hmm. of a League Two, a stable League Two club and like I say I'm, I'm looking to push this group of players as far as I possibly can and then we'll see where we get to. And there's not, I mean, there's not many clubs as well that have a manager at a club for that long. Does, do, you, do, you, do you like that scenario? Do you, do you feel like that's a good a Well, good it shows the club's stable. Yeah. It shows we're, we're not a stacking club. Yeah. Um, the, the trust and the board have, have got to have faith in myself and, and the group of players and the staff I bring in. Um, but it also means some of those players have only played under one manager. So they'll be getting different views, different personalities, different opinions, or different ways of working. So, like I say, it's... it's it's finding the right balance for, for which suits the whole group mm-hmm. and obviously my new signings will have an impact on the, the new group my new staff will have an impact on the new group as well so you know it's a fresh start for everyone and, and the club's going places in terms of its redevelopment we've still got to stand at the ground and then the training ground so it's a, it's a good place to be at the moment Emily's asking who will be the next captain and how disappointed were you when Jordan Moore Taylor left for MK Dons yeah, obviously disappointed um, that was something I could do nothing nothing about the, the clause was in the contract from the previous management, previous re- regime, um, the offer was by the club in terms of the best contract we could possibly offer to Jordan Moore Taylor. Um, but it, once it became apparent that he was looking elsewhere, we we expected it to a point. Um, not to say we weren't disappointed with it, um, but we, you know, like I said earlier, we can't compete with some clubs in League Two, League One level. Um, they just blows away in terms of their budget and, and the package they could offer Jordan. It, he's been a fantastic servant for the club. He really has. Um, and he's, he's, he'll probably go with a slight tinge of disappointment that he never got his own town club promoted. Um, but that's something we're aiming to do in the next few years at the club. So, you know, we wish him all the best at MK Dons. Greg asked if you've sent any player from your club. So I didn't mention who uh, the captain did that. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Someone's put, yeah. no, it's, it's very much a case of I know who I want to be captain. Mm-hmm. I'll have a look at it in the first two, two weeks of pre season. <coughs> Some of the signings I'm bringing in could be captain material as well. So. I know there's a couple of lads have put their name forward as well, but it's very much a case of seeing the group and seeing how the players interact within the group in the first couple of weeks of pre-season. Then myself and the new staff will make a decision on that. I was going to say, what sort of characteristics do you look for in a captain? Is it like of the Matt Taylor mould? Uh, no, not necessarily. They've, they've got to be a leader. They've got to be a good character, one which has a good influence on others around them, um, has a good work ethic and, and sets the right standards. Um, but it also needs to be someone who I can see playing week in, week out being on the pitch more often than not and someone who's durable enough to be on the pitch more often than not 
um, and someone who, who wants to see the, the vision we've got in terms of taking this club forward. So it's a mixture of all different things, um, but like I say, myself and the, the new staff need to have a little look at how people react the first couple of weeks of pre-season. You learn so much on the back of the runs they do in pre-season and then the first couple of games and the first team bonding sessions. So I'll take all that into consideration and then certainly not going to rush into that decision. And Greg said, if you could sign any player from your playing days at Exeter, who would it be and why? It's a good question because you know, I played with some great players and they were all at different stages of the careers. Yeah. So, you know, Mackie when he was younger, George Friend and Dino when they were younger were just absolutely outstanding players. And then the experienced ones like Rob Edwards and Marcus Stewart, you know, I got them at the tail end of their careers. You know, in mid 20s, early 30s, they must have been absolutely outstanding players. Um, but we've been lucky to play with some great players. So I don't want to name just one, there's probably you know, a dozen who I'd love to love to sign um, and if I could sign them in their absolute peak then you know they'd be absolutely fantastic players half of them would have played premiership football yeah question from Bob should Exeter fans be looking for another promotion push this year or consolidation given all the changes that are going on well obviously consolidation first and foremost I've got to be mindful how difficult the league is um, and how there's not much difference between the top and the bottom it's very much a, an interesting playing field the fixtures came out and you looked and I think at any easy games or the tougher games they're all the same they really are and obviously there's, there's teams which will be have a bigger budget and bringing in good players um, like I said we've got good players at the club we've got to the playoffs the last two years on the run I'm looking to bring in some other good players as well so consolidation first and foremost and then you know we'll assess it Christmas January time and if we're close to the playoffs then we'll be pushing again Look, every manager wants to come in and say yeah we're going to get promoted but it's just simply not as easy as that Aaron asks, how's <coughs> cricket going? Yeah. I've heard a bit about this. Yeah, a few good knocks over the summer. We've, uh, we've seen them in the paper and what have you. Yeah, obviously, you know, it's, it's the one thing I, I really enjoy. It's, you know, I played before I got this job um, and it just takes my mind off it in terms of the Saturday afternoon. The lads are giving me a bit of stick in terms of Alphington Cricket Club because they say about for too long for not enough runs. <laughs> but it's the only time where I can really yeah, switch Jeff off. Boycott. Well, <laughs> you know, it's the only time where I can really switch off and just concentrate on, on something else, which is a cricket ball. Mm. It's as simple as that. The rest of the time, even when I'm fielding, when I'm preparing for games, my mind's ticking about football. It, it is a non-stop job. You, you go to bed thinking about it, you wake up thinking about it. So the only time I fully switch off from football at the moment is when I'm batting so that's probably why I'm, I'm batting for so long I'm <laughs> quite slowly but you know it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make are you looking yeah. to continue that as uh, going forward? well yeah I've only got a couple more games this season because obviously football yeah. kicks in and yeah. our, our fixture kicks in um, the pre-season schedule was done before <laughs> I took over and, and through Paul um, and it's a schedule which worked last season obviously I've added the Bristol Rovers game in there as well because I've always been trying my hardest to get league opposition unfortunately the time restraints in terms of me taking over meant everyone else had the pre-season already in place. Um, so it is what it is. Next year will be totally different, but also the, develops, the developments at the ground will be totally different. Yeah. And then we'll be able to play some home pre-season yeah. game, which our fans probably haven't seen for the last three or four years. So, you know, it, your hands are tied at certain times in terms of that. But like I say, a few more games of cricket and then very much football. You mentioned Bristol Rovers there. How happy are you to get that sorted? Yeah, I was delighted. And I've got to say, you know, a huge thank you to Taunton Town. Um, they, they could have said no in terms yeah. of our request and kept it as a Saturday, but we'll take a strong team on the Friday and a strong team on the Saturday to Bristol. And it's a, it's not a local game, but it's an hour up the M5, so I'd love all, as many fans as we possibly can to, to come and watch us at the Bristol game. It's very much a, a rehearsal for the following week in terms of the league fixtures, and I'll be looking to, to treat it as a league game. Well, as you can see there, Matt, we had loads of questions from the fans and uh, lots of positive comments on social media and what have you since your appointment. Uh, how important is it for you to have their backing? 
Yeah, it's hugely important. Obviously, any new manager coming to the club um, needs the backing of the fans. I'd like to think I've got a pretty good relationship on the fans from, from my playing days and my, the days working here as a coach. I, I know the club. and I, I know what the fans want. They want to see attractive football. They want to see attacking football. They want to see personnel and characters on the pitch. Um, and they want to see a bit of intensity and belief and a bit of emotion throughout the team as well, including myself. And look, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm not being my own man on the touchline. I want my players to be to be able to show them their own personalities and, and put their character and their stamp on the team um, but we'll need the fans more than ever it'll be up and down throughout the season it certainly won't be straightforward um, not naive to think it, it would be straightforward from the word go so the tough times more than ever we'll, we'll need the fans and, and hopefully they'll back us and, and back myself and they'll travel around the country which they have to do we spoke about the location yeah, yeah. all those miles you know, it's, it's very much appreciated and you know, I'm really looking forward to the first game of the season at Carlisle. You mentioned the touchline there as well. Do you know what you're going to be like on the touchline, or is that going to be a bit of a surprise to you when it actually? No, no. I've, 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 you know, I've practiced it for a number of years in terms of any game I've, I've coached or managed. I've, I've took it as serious as I possibly can mm. in preparation for days like this. So I'll be calm. I'll be calm when we score. I'll, I'll celebrate because I want to celebrate a goal. It's, it's part and parcel of football, um, and I'll show my emotions. I'll, I'll, I'll work with it. the fourth official, the referee, my own staff, my own players. Just to get the best out of them, it's as simple as that. But once once the game starts, there's very little a manager can do to affect that yeah. game. You know, the players go onto that pitch with full responsibility. And like I say, I've been trusting my the group of players I put out there is going to be vitally important. Yeah, uh, we've got a little fun quiz here for you if you're up for taking it. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> it's basically just we'll give you two 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 options. You give us your preferred option. Okay. Simple as that. So starting with City or Argyle. City. <laughs> Red or green. Red. Goalkeeper or centre half. Centre half. Cricket or football? Football. Batsman or bowler? Batsman. Playing or managing? <laughs> Put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a difficult one. Um, you don't know yet? I don't know <laughs> yet, but, you know, playing's playing. There's, there's nothing can can recreate that. You know, any player retires, I'll tell you how difficult it is when they can't do it anymore. Mm. Um, there's nothing more frustrating than not being able to play football. But, Still being involved with it and being as close to it as a manager is, then you know it makes up for that. The second best thing. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United or Liverpool? Manchester United. George Friend or Neil Saunders? <laughs> as a player or a character? Whichever you prefer. <laughs> I mean, George is George. What a fantastic player yeah. he's in the career he's had. Neil Saunders was a fantastic player. As he well. was unlucky with his injuries. Yeah. We're a real disappointment with him in terms of both the characters and, and housemates I put him same side by side they were fantastic yeah captain or manager um, <laughs> what manager I'd say Valley Parade or the Valley um, the Valley uh, automatic promotion or up through the playoffs oh, automatic Ronaldo or Messi Ronaldo in the city or out in the sticks what in Exeter or any city any city Probably out in six. Yeah. Uh, boardroom or tribute lounge? <laughs> um, I know which I'd rather be in, but I probably have to say boardroom. <laughs> Stand on the big bank or sit in the stands? Uh, big bank. Suit or track suit? It'd be smart. Won't quite be suit, but it'd be smart. Somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh, Team Bath or Bath City? Team Bath. Chris Powell or Ivor Powell? That's too difficult to choose. Both, both absolutely. Two good men. Phil Parkinson or Sean Teal? Phil Parkinson. Only in terms of Sean Teal, fantastic player. He was a player manager, so he's a little bit different. But yeah. 
Phil Parkinson, good manager. Naki Wells or Jan Kagorman? <laughs> I could have both of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Jan was fantastic. You know, absolutely fantastic in terms of the season we got promoted from League One and then in the Championship. But then Naki's got, he's played in the Prem as well, so mm. I can't split those two. Okay, and finally, scoring a goal or keeping a clean sheet? Keeping a clean sheet, but I did love scoring a <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. That's great. Right, well, thanks ever so much, Matt, for your time. Yeah, that's all we've got time for this week. A huge thank you to Matt and for Stu for uh, taking time in this podcast, and thanks. We'll be back again next week. Brilliant.